Hello everyone, welcome to episode 35 of Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. We are trying to figure out how to do this <laughs> with it, um, with the best sound quality, <laughs> but we are learning. We are learning, and if you were patient enough to listen um, the last two episodes, they were awesome. But it sounded like we were in a spaceship is I think how I would best describe it. And I think that's a great way to introduce what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about generational differences and strengths. So we're going to roll with it. I am always impressed with our level of growth mindset. Yeah, same. (laughs) We have not given up. We continue to try. We continue to learn, not from mistakes, but for learning opportunities. Mm -hmm. And um I think one of the most meaningful pieces for me recently has been learning how to accept failure. And by that word, I use that term very loosely, but what I deem as a lack of success or missing success or not growing where I think I should grow or not being as, um, not doing as well as I could with my choices, especially after what we talked about uh, in the last two episodes about discernment and about worth and about um, contemplation. And Mm -hmm. I think I could use a little bit of reminders that we all, we all uh, make mistakes and we try and try again. I think that's good. I need that too, because I think the learner in me thinks I can get to a level of mastery really quickly (laughs) amidst the frustration. And so the fact that this has been an ongoing frustration has been hard. Um, And I know you have seen me at my wits ends behind the scene of Jen and Millie. (laughs) Well, it's a lot on you because you're doing all the tech side of it. And I have no idea how to do any of the tech side. And I don't either, but I honor your learner and your willingness because I just am Mm -hmm. like, let's go hire someone to do this. Let's go to a radio studio and do this. I wish that you could all see this setup. Um, But what I really appreciate, Tess, is our willingness to be here time and time again to keep showing up Mm -hmm. even when we don't have it all figured out. So today I thought we would kind of return to our roots and talk a little bit more about why we started doing this, why we're talking about generational differences, why we talk about strengths, why we talk about the lens in which we see the world. Because although Tess and I have very different strengths, and have and come from different generations, we have very similar ideology, ideological views yep. of the world, hmm. and so we made promises that we would seek out others who thought differently than yeah. we do. Yet I think we think very similarly. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I thought we should do is go back to let's talk about some generational differences. And today specifically, I'd like to talk about physical space. Hmm. I love that. So one of the things that I'm, also I'm learning, I say so a lot. One of the things I am learning (laughs) is that um, I have a tendency to carry a lot of things with me. Um, I want to kind of explore that a little bit. Is that related to my input? Or is that related to the generation in which I grew up with? Hmm. Is it related to the way that we needed many things? Notebooks, for example. That during our meeting today, I had probably 75 pieces of paper, two notebooks, and four (laughs) file folders uh, right here in the meeting. And Tess had, what's that called? It's called a rocket notebook, a rocket book. 
Mm-hmm. Like Rocket Man? Like Rocket. Yeah, yep, Rocket, like a rocket. And so it's a reusable notebook where I have an app on my phone that I scan the page and it converts it to a PDF and automatically puts it in an Evernote folder for me. And when we travel, I've noticed that Tess has one bag and I have many bags. So I'd like to seven for one instance. There's one time where I literally counted you had seven bags with you. And I can't ever get like my keys out or I can't open the car door or open my hotel room door because I have so much stuff. So I want to explore this a little bit and I would love to hear from our listeners as to um, whether they are in their physical space, do they gather a lot? And do you think that's related to your strengths? Do you think that's related to your generational perspective? Or do you just think it's hmm. a personality quirk? That's good. So let's talk a little bit about physical space. Can you think of an instance lately in which you could note the way that you have arranged or um, been in your physical space that you think is related to A, your generation, or B, your strengths, or both? Hmm. So... Interesting. Okay, so a couple here. We are in the midst of moving our Omaha offices um, for teammates. And so we went through on Friday, we did a cleaning day. So everyone kind of put aside their normal work and we all spent the day cleaning. And I noticed that, and I think this is a generational instance, where I don't often take a like I like to take physical notes but I take them in a way that I can then process them electronically and I came across a few file folders that I didn't even remember I had because I never reference physical file folders for anything but I found some meeting notes from committee meetings or strengths meetings we've had and so I collected them, took the staples out, I went and I scanned them and scanned them according to the meeting and filed them where I have the rest of my notes filed away um, in my electronic files. And so for me, that's the place I go to first is to look for my notes that have been scanned in in the committee folder on my computer. And I think that's a generational thing, whereas I am not going to look necessarily back through physical folders to try and find meeting notes or um, notes I've created about how I ran certain numbers or analytics or things like that, I'm going to look for the electronic file. And um, and so I was able to pare down. I could, t- I could have theoretically taken all of my physical files, paper files, and move them into an electronic source. I did keep some because some of them were large pieces of research I printed out or files that had been passed along to me. Um, Some of the things I did keep physically, but most of it I was like, oh man, it would be so much easier to keep them in an electronic source, save them in an electronic way so that I could more easily search for them. So spaceship reference. Any of these terms that you're using, my fourth grade self would have thought that you were from the future. (laughs) Because I was part of a generation that had things that were still mimeographed. What? I'm sorry, I literally do not know that reference. A mimeograph? A mimeograph. A mimeograph is an actual physical copy of something that was made. They had a mimeograph machine in the teacher's lounge and it smelled like ink. And I don't really, this is terrible that I don't know really how it worked, but it like made a physical imprint 
What? Like the copy was done on not a copy machine, but like a, a printing press almost. Well, like not, I know not. Not exactly a printing like, press, but, but like a step above that before copy what? machines. So my like second grade worksheets were mimeographed, and then it makes me think of my sister found the letter people. She found the coloring book of the letter people, which is what we grew up learning the alphabet with Mrs. Lovegrove, the most awesome kindergarten teacher in the universe. And my sister posted a picture that she found it in this hutch that was my parents' hutch that had been passed down to her. And all of us are like clamoring for this gem. This is like gold to us to have the old coloring pages of the letter people, which were probably mimeographed. So for those of you listening, someone informed me what mimeograph exactly means <laughs> and what it meant because I'm not exactly sure that I can explain it, but I know that's how we got copies of things. They were like a bluish copy. Wow. And then I think about electronic files. When I started for teammates, we didn't even scan anything. Which is bizarre. 10 years ago. Oh 10 years gosh. ago as original coordinator, they had physical files wow. of everything. And when I would go to the site visit, I would look in their files to see, do you have a... Do you have the mentor paperwork? Do you have the mentee information? Oh, my goodness. Did you do the background check? Is that information? All of it was in physical files and file <laughs> folders. Um, and then to think about now, we can scan things. And I'm immediately going to my doom center of, well, what if your computer crashes? Well, everything's on the cloud. Yeah. Which if I would have said to my fourth grade self. <laughs> things are on the cloud. Everything's on the cloud. I would have thought, we're traveling to the sky. Um, just to think about this. That is phenomenal advancement yeah. in a very short amount of time. So both of us have futuristic low, right? Yes. <laughs> so what does the future look like? What would, so today's fourth graders that are growing up with electronic files, computer laptops, talking about the cloud, what will one of them be saying, probably not on a podcast because that'll be probably extinct too, <laughs> what are they saying? What will they be saying? And then what I love about this is that I'm working on a blog for my personal blog about how things have come full circle and I was thinking of you and your context. So really what this is, is the NPR radio show. That's what I, when I, my 18 year old self listened to NPR to listen to radio shows and now we call them podcasts and everybody's doing it. My favorite blogs have now turned to a newsletter e-format that comes in my email on Sundays. Maria Shriver calls hers this Sunday paper. paper. Hmm. So newspaper-ish terms. Interesting. That have now, where I used to go search for a blog, blogs now come delivered to my inbox like a newsletter. So I was thinking about this as I was working on my this personal blog post, how this has to be honoring to your context mm-hmm. because essentially history is replaying itself. Oh, it always does. It's not that anybody's <laughs> reinventing anything that new conceptually. But it's through the technology format that things are different. Hmm. And that's kind of phenomenal when you think about it, Tess. We still all love a Sunday paper. We all still love a radio show. Hmm. But now we're doing it through different means. Interesting. Hmm. Okay, Okay. so that was off topic. So, (laughs) fun diversions. Um, But, okay, so the other thing that I was thinking of space based on strengths is um, in my apartment... I have a very mid-century, modern, minimalist, clean look. 
And I'm just like kind of a type A, I want everything clean, period. Um, but I think there, and living alone, I get to control a lot of that, um, thankfully. But um, I was looking around the other day, I was shut in in my apartment because of the weather. And we got, you know, several feet of snow and ice and everything. And so I was um, all day, and it didn't come till like Sunday midday. So I ran some errands or Saturday midday. So I ran some errands Saturday morning. I came back knowing that I was going to have to kind of hunker down for a while. And so I was trying to think of things to do. You know, of course, had a ton of audiobooks saved, and I have, you know, already read a ton this year, which has been awesome. Go ahead and say. Um, well, now I'm up to 27 books. You've already read 27 books. And it's in February 26th, yes. Um. Amazing. Hello. Let's strike spot some learners, shall we? Um, yes, it's been such a joy. My, uh, uh, my schooling has been a little easier. Um, a little less reading, a little more spread out. And so I've just had a lot of time to do my own personal study, which has been awesome. And so I've been reading, yeah, I've read a lot. And I didn't know how many books I read last year. So it was one of my goals to, because I didn't know, okay, did I actually read that in last calendar year? Did I read the whole book? And so one of my goals for this year was to chart every book I read and the date that I completed it. And with a lot of traveling, I've listened to quite a few ebooks already. So yes, I've read 27 books. Um, by the 26th of February. Um, so I'm like having to like formulate a new goal for the end of the year. But okay, Geek Alert, we already knew that, right? We already knew Tessa's a little bit of a nerd. But um. um, no. now let's let's talk about this in a strengths perspective in a nice way. That's mm-hmm. Professor Tess. Mm-hmm. That's I have more to learn. Oh, for sure. And I can surpass because where's Achiever for you? Achiever is 13. 12 for me. 12. So it's not about numbers kind of like what we had a meeting today yeah talking about this it's not about numbers for you it's about really what more can I take in mm-hmm. what more can I learn so yep. I'm gonna adjust my sails I've already achieved I've already swam this part of the ocean yeah now I'm gonna go a little bit further but it's about mm-hmm. the exploration I think for you yep. it's not about the numbers no so don't call yourself would you say nerd test yeah Call yourself Professor Tess. Professor Tess. Oh, maybe one day I'll get there. Um, but so so I was kind of, you know, expecting, knowing that I was going to be shut in. And we recently, when we were in D.C., there was this sitting room in the lobby that was just like I could have moved in because it was so beautiful. Um, all of these just awesome light fixtures and floor-to-ceiling bookcases, which is one of my dreams for a home in the future is floor-to-ceiling bookcases. But I have, I'm pretty minimalist in nature, very clean, um, do deep cleaning like every week in my apartment, you know, which, you know, it's like 700 square feet. So it takes like two hours, right, to like deep clean in my apartment. But um, so, but the one thing that I can never pare down is books. It's never anything I can purge or get rid of. And so I just have a massive accumulation of books, um, so much so that they were there were stacks on the floor. Um, and one of my friends suggested I have a higher a bed that sits up a little higher, so there's a gap underneath where I can store things. So I actually have along the whole back side of my bed and along one whole side underneath books all lined. Um, and so probably, and I don't even know, it's probably around 300. Um, Never anything I could pare down, but this this place that we saw, this lobby sitting area um, in the hotel had books organized by color. 
and it was so beautiful because it like lent itself to kind of this atmosphere and just had kind of a really cool vibe with it so it I was like oh that would be so cool to do knowing that I probably would never be able to do it because my context was they need to be in the correct spot based on the genre so all my sociology books sit together, mm-hmm. all my theology books sit together, all my personal development books sit together, and then they're all alphabetized by the primary author's last name, right? That just makes sense, right? <laughs> You're like looking at me with a blank stare. So I um, thought, okay, I'm going to try it. I have all this time. So I categorize my books by color. And I have a very visual memory. I'm a visual learner. And so I knew I'd be able to find the books even if I had done it that way. So I was like, I'm just going to try it and see see what happens. And so I spent the day, the afternoon, sorting by color and then um, chose a couple colors to put on the two sections of bookshelves I have in my living room area. And then the rest of them I color-coded based on the all of the bookshelves I have in my bedroom. And it looks awesome. I'm so glad I did it. And what was the the beautiful thing about this, and this is probably my connectedness, number six coming out, was my it was my life in a representative form. So there's one section where I have it goes from yellow to kind of a deeper orange because I have an orange mustardy accent for my living room and it sits on my table with my record player and my records and so it's one of the cubes there and it goes kind of from this mustardy orange mustardy yellow to orange and it has a quantitative methods textbook right next to a new believers bible right next to um, a book called eat um it's um, eating together about hospitality and the church and our call to to fellowship. Um, right next to that is um, a uh, um, an anthropology book. It's called Guns, Germs, and Steel about the evolution of humanity from an anthropological perspective. And so there are like all of these books, and it was like everything that I love in life right all of my passions tied together, sitting right next to each other when they used to all be separate because it was a different genre. They were different, almost diasporas of my own passions and interests. And because I was forced to break them out of these boxes that maybe my context was limiting, Right. My strategic was limiting. I got to see them a new way. And so I was FaceTiming my mom and showed her. And she was like, what? Your color code? That doesn't make any sense. And discipline number one for her is like, of course they would go by genre and alphabetized, you know. And um, and that was probably my strategic in context that was make, forcing it into that box. But I showed it to her. I flipped around her FaceTime, my FaceTime, and I showed it to her. And it has the mustardy orange yellow up here. And then in the bottom left, I have like navy. That's my other like main living room color. And, um, and she's like, wow oh, that looks awesome. And so then I zoomed in and showed her that exact example of a textbook from sociology to a Bible to a a personal development growth book all next to each other. And she was like, that is really cool, you know. So it took being shut in to do that. But I think that's a lot of my strengths, probably also a little bit generationally that ties into maybe my style. But I was just kind of, yeah, thinking about that recent change. A couple of things. Well, a lot of things here. Um, <laughs> first of all, you are the only person in your generation that I've ever heard use the term shut in. Oh. <laughs> That's a term that my grandma used a lot. Hmm. You, know, you deliver meals to the shut-ins. I've never heard someone of your generation use it. So hashtag context <laughs> on that. But maybe yep. it's a little bit Old soul. Um, regional, too. That might be sure. a term that's um, 
from home. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of things that I was thinking about, there are a whole bunch of you that are into Marie Kondo right now and um, the art of letting go of things. And one of the things that where Marie lost me was when she said, you don't need to keep your books. And I was like, <laughs> sorry, Marie, we're done now. I don't um, agree. <laughs> I don't agree because I re- like to write in my books. I like to keep my books near me. I like mm-hmm. to keep them as a reminder of that season or stage that I read them. And I for love sure. to reread. Yep. And they're always a reference for me. So I was thinking about that as well. I think we can get the hotel lobby pick. I'll get a picture of the oh, hotel lobby. Oh, uh, yes, I have one. And I let's put one. it on uh, worth mentioning. And okay. let's get a picture of your um, the space, your sure. space, if you're yeah. willing to share that. Yep. The visual aesthetics, I think, is really interesting. Um, I just watched, if you watch CBS Sunday Morning this week, they have a person who's made their, their um, career out of placement of hmm. items in a home before it sells. Oh, sure. And if you saw this segment, it was like, I mean, one of them went up. I mean, I think the selling price after they brought her in to aesthetically place things right. went up like $150,000. Which is absolutely insane. And she was giving away some of her tips and tricks as to how she staged, right? Yeah, That's how called she staging. Staged, yeah, how right. she staged the house. Um, and then something that really stood out to me as you were talking about hospitality I was on my way to work this morning listening to, uh, of course, Maria Shriver's uh, podcast, Meaningful Conversations. I love. She was doing an interview, and I haven't listened to the whole thing yet, but I've already sent it to a couple people. John and Dorothea, I think they say it Dorothea or Dorothea, John Bo- John Bon Jovi. So John Bon Jovi and his oh, wife okay. have a foundation, and they've started what's called Soul Kitchen. And they want to get away from the concept of soup kitchen to make a soul kitchen kitchen more meaningful experience around hospitality and dining and so you cannot just come in and pay for someone's meal you can come in and have a meal with someone I love that and then people can come in who want to be able to earn a meal by working in the kitchen by by doing something and then they have the opportunity to like sit down with someone like Maria Shriver and share a meal Wow. really cool you'll have to check that out and then the third piece holy connectedness (laughs) I sat down on Sunday morning and realized that I couldn't see, for those of you who are friends with me on Snapchat or Insta, you know that I love my sunrise spot and I love to see the sunrise from my picture window. Those of you who know me well don't know that I do not love the current home that Mike and I are in. I don't love that house and I struggle with it a lot. And But one of the things that I've tried really hard to do is, is be more in the practice of gratitude. What do I love about it? And I love my morning picture window view. Mm-hmm. I will have, I believe, a really hard time recreating that anywhere that we are mm-hmm. because I can literally see the horizon. And so I have a one and a half chair and an ottoman, and that's where my morning reflection kind of starts, cup yeah. of coffee and my morning reflection books. But I literally got up and I went down and I thought, oh, I can't really see the sunrise. And I was kind of like, I can't really see the sunrise, pouty face. And then I'm like, move your chair. (laughs) So you know what I did? I moved the chair. Wow, radical. Maybe maybe a foot to the right. (laughs) And it changed my perspective. And I started looking around at everything in the room and thinking, I may not love this room right now, but I love what's around me. And what's really, and I wrote this in my, you all know that I'm journaling rapidly and not trying to edit and just letting those things kind of free, free um, form 
in my writing. And I wrote, I'm surrounded by things that really, really matter to me. And all of my books are there. And my mm. piano is there. And I literally turn to the left and there's a picture that's eye level with my kids. Mm. And my favorite pictures from Grand Lake are there. I'm surrounded by things that are that give me peace. Yeah. And so I thought of this metaphorically, all you have to do is shift a little bit, Allison, <laughs> a foot to the right, and your perspective oh is gosh. better or different than it was. So that was a piece that kind of occurred to me, and isn't that amazing when we take a new way? Maybe we could try to move our space around. Maybe we could try moving furniture in our space. Yeah. Maybe we could try leaving one bag behind. <sighs> Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Or maybe you could just try moving Allison a little bit, shifting perspective, hmm. a foot to the right or a That's foot good. to the left. Um, the other thing that stood out to me, and I want to ask you about this, and I want to ask our listeners about this. Do you feel like people, when you travel with people that are of your generation, or when, just thinking about your generation space, is, do you have similar things that you see? Because I'm thinking about... I just got back from Fort Lauderdale and literally am still recovering from the sunburn on my legs. I want to say that publicly that that was a very poor decision for me to not apply and reapply and reapply sunscreen. But it was 80 and I just wanted to bask in it. Anyway, I went with my, we're laughingly, be call, um, we'll be calling each other gal pals for a long time because we were at a restaurant and the waiter came up and he said, hey, gal pals. And so I was celebrating Galentine's Day with my gal pals. Um, in Fort Lauderdale and one of the things that happened is before we left on the trip we were consulting about what we were taking and as soon as I gave permission to share bear and to Katie that you could pack a bag you could check a bag and it could be a large bag everybody was in we all came with way more stuff than we needed <laughs> oh and we gosh. all three had the same size bags like really? as far as space goes and I thought, okay, wait, we're very different people here, hmm. very different strengths. I'm blaming my strength of input that I have to take all this stuff. Hmm. They don't lead with input. Yeah. So is it a generational thing? Hmm. I don't know. I think my, my reference or my framework for how I pack and what I bring along, I think is informed a lot by how I've traveled in the past. So studying abroad, taking two to three week at a time trips away from my home country of Denmark and having to bring everything I can in a reasonable way where I know I'm gonna be walking through streets before I ever get to a hostel that I'm staying at. So I want everything to fit in this backpack that I have on my back. You have to pare down. I had one pair of pants that I wore for three weeks, right? And rotating between one skirt, you know, moving back and forth and just a few tops that I would wash in the sinks when I went places. And it was out of necessity because I wanted to pack light because for me, extra things was a burden on travel. It was a load to carry and I did not want to carry it. And so I let my hair naturally dry and I only brought like one thing of makeup ever you know and didn't you know do all this extra stuff because for me that was um, the conditions under which I chose to travel so I know that there are lots of things that I could think I could potentially need but anything that goes through my head that maybe I might need this automatically gets cut because if I'm thinking about the conditions under which something might be needed 
then it doesn't make sense to bring, right? <laughs> it's a paring down for me. Um, and I definitely have gotten a little further away from that as I've gotten further away from that type of traveling. So I tend to bring other things now. But I also think about where I'm going and if I would have access to anything that I might need. So if I say, okay, I might need, for instance, ibuprofen. But I never use ibuprofen. I never take it. But there could be a possibility under which I might need it. I'm not going to bring it because likely I'm going to have access to somewhere that I could get it if I needed to when I went to that place. And my old school brain says, and it'll cost you four times what you would normally pay for it because that actually <laughs> happened to me on the trip where I didn't bring any aloe. And um, long story. Anyway, um, so... Also what factors in is your life experience. So this Mm -hmm. is such a great reminder. Mentors, program coordinators, Mm grown-ups and young people's lives. This is not specifically, it's not all, these are your strengths, this is why you do things. Mm -hmm. This is your personality, this is why you do things. This is your generation, this is why you do things. Mm -hmm. Life experience, um, your your ability, your knowledge, based Mm -hmm. on that experience, sets the stage for what's ahead. Okay, so I want to contrast this. Okay, so if so, my life experience, and especially something like context, for instance, someone might say if you didn't have, and this is where life experiences majorly informs how our strengths are used and pointed. So I wanted to give a little bit of this illustration. So I gave an example of how my context, my history, my frame of reference is that type of travel where I needed to pare down everything I could fit in this one backpack that I wanted to carry around walking for hours at a time is what what I needed to pack. Someone that has maybe context that hasn't had that type of life experience, that has maybe had experiences where they had to spend a lot of money to get something they needed, or where they showed up somewhere and all of a sudden realized they didn't have something, Mm -hmm. they might then overpack as a result of it. Same strength, but very different experiences that will shape that strength. So for instance, there was one, and here we go, vulnerability on the podcast. There was one time Allie and I were traveling, and I did not pack underwear. And I totally, like, I, I, I was like, I showed up and I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do? So now, that's the first thing I pack ever since then. It is the first thing I pack, because I had to run to Walmart and had to wash this pack of Hanes that I bought in the sink with bar soap because I forgot it. And so that majorly informs the way I pack now. It's the first thing I always pack. There's so much that could be said in this uh, dialogue, and there always is so much to be said in this dialogue. What I think is interesting is your adapt, and this is the way I see these strengths. Mm-hmm. Your adaptability is playing into that. Your learner mm-hmm. is playing into now this is how you do things going yep. forward. Yep. So my thought was, you know, is this something that's generational? Because mm-hmm. the comment that, that really prompted this dialogue was um, Taylor mentioning to me, you, you always have a lot of stuff. Hmm. And I'm thinking, do I really? But then I started thinking about generational differences. You don't need to carry as much stuff as I grew up needing to carry. So it goes back to... Hmm. life experience true so here we're talking about mimeograph I mean can you imagine what planning for the classroom used to look like Wow. yeah as opposed to what it looks like today doesn't mean that the struggles aren't still the same because if you took mimeograph teacher context and you put them in front of a oh smart board a smart board mm-hmm. you, you've mm-hmm. got a whole lot of things that are different 
different kinds of struggles. You watch me struggle with technology. Hmm. You, you've witnessed that. Yeah. It comes very easy to you. The reason we're here on this podcast mm-hmm. is because you're willing to do the technology side of it. Yeah. I would Albeit just, not well. <laughs> I would just throw my hands in the air and say, I have no idea how to do this. Hmm. Yet, um, another, I, I learned so much in Florida, and I, I wrote a little bit about it. I learned a lot about myself, but I also learned a lot about lifelong friendships. And I, I got to travel with two people that have known me since I was literally five years old. Hmm. And they know me really, really well. And it is so, I, I hope all of you have a tribe around you of people who love you exactly as you are, for who you hmm. are, where you are, um, because I have that um, with a lot of friends in my life. Hmm. But to be with people who could finish my sentence hmm. and um, that I know, like, Sherry's not going to eat sushi, so Katie, we're not eating sushi. <laughs> or to know that um, Sherry and I were stuck in the in the uh, Chicago airport for eleven hours together, and mm. you see a lot of a lot of sides of people. Oh yeah. Um, just in the eleven hours, I got to know others. Um, when I was making my pass walking, you know, around again, I was thinking, I'm I'm starting to know these people. Um, you you can only do that, I think, with certain people. And Sherry looked at me at one point and said that, you know, I. I think there's a handful of people I could sit mm-hmm. 11 hours in the airport with, and right. you're one of them. Wow. And I was thinking about, you know, just in the way that we all are in what I refer to through wild teaching, containers. Hmm. So that container that I'm lucky enough to be in in that friendship makes me feel safe. Hmm. If I, my bag would have been lost, if, you know, things would have happened where I lost my weight, I mean, I feel safe in that container. Yeah. When I'm thinking about physical space, when I made that shift in my yeah. chair just a little bit, that made my container feel safer, safer. in that mm-hmm. moment. So I think our physical space and the things that we need in our physical space, and as we're preparing to move offices, yeah. I'm all freaked out <laughs> because I have a lot of things from 10 years of being here, mm-hmm. and that's been a very this has been a very safe container for me. Yeah. And now we're exploring a new container. What do I physically need to have around me that makes me feel comfortable? But also, mm-hmm. what do I need around me so that I can honor 170 people that rely on me yeah. to have the information that I've always had? That's good. So the scanning of things, <laughs> um, I'm planning to come this weekend and spend a little bit of time reminiscing on what's in those file folders. What I have Kleenex need? on my desk if you need it. Good. What do I need to scan? What do I need to keep? And what can I let go of? So going back to Marie... What can I peacefully part with? Mm. Um, we don't have to love everything that Marie Kondo says, but we can take pieces of it and learn from it. And I love her teaching around, you know, holding something in your hands and saying, does this bring me joy? Interesting. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I haven't watched Marie Kondo because I previously had already let go of Netflix. <laughs> so I don't have access to her, to her show. <laughs> Because I had already said, this doesn't bring me joy. So I let go of Netflix. Good work. Good work. <laughs> um, one of the things I wanted to note in terms of strength spotting is something that, so I love this because I have been digging into my strengths very intentionally for almost five years now, since I started as an intern, since you and I met in what was Suzanne's office, what is Jen's office, what at that point was still a conference room. Yes. Um, as we've expanded and changed so much in this office. But when you first walked through and said, 
oh gosh, I've never seen someone context number one. And your context reference was the guy that had the same Subway sandwich. And I was like, no way would I ever have the same Subway sandwich. No way would I go to Subway. <laughs> wow. Um, but, sorry, but I, <laughs> sorry, Subway, this is not a paid advertising, surely. Um, but one of the things that that I love about, um, and I probably have spent a lot more time digging into my strengths maybe than the average person does when they get their top five. But I recently, as I always do, had a new insight about my strengths as I was going through this, a new report that Gallup put out. Um, and it's a 34 theme report. So if you happen to have your full 34, that's where it um, it comes out of. But this came from um, the theme insight guide, which everyone has access to. Um, and it was a phrase actually about my adaptability. And it says, by nature, you might be the team member who slows down to appreciate the loveliness of your environment. Perhaps you have an easier time fitting into new settings than some people. Why? Maybe you see or are fascinated by the aesthetic. That is the beautiful qualities of each place. And when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's why I love art museums. I'm so, in this space, it, it gives me anxiety sitting in this conference room because of all of the crap that is sitting around here that we're trying to purge from this office. Um, when my, when something, one thing is out of place in my apartment, when it should be in the right place, I have to go fix it before I can fully sit and enjoy. So people come over and they're like, and I might be if I have my jacket isn't hung up or um, my a pan is out that I haven't washed or something like that. That might people might think I, they'll come over and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, it's such a mess, you know. And it's like not a mess at all, right? But but that's a um, the aesthetic is important to me and it dictates my mood. What a great view of adaptability because the assumption we make about adaptability is you won't care if things are out of place. <laughs> you wouldn't care if. It- that's such a great view. I love that. Yeah. It's such a great view of your adaptability in the frame of what makes that strength unique. Yes. And it helps us to take the labels away from it. Mm-hmm. And adaptability is one that I will readily admit I assume things about that strength. Yeah. And we've learned a lot about that in our travels together because I driving down the road to Hershey, I thought it would feed your adaptability to say, I have no idea what we're going to talk to. <laughs> 200 <laughs> students about and you kind of looked at me with panic like yep. no you don't give me a heads up that you don't have a plan like we need to have a plan and if we diverge from it that's fine and so the phrase that with with my adaptability that I and and when I explain it to people that that I think holds the most true to the strength to the theme itself is that you're hyper aware of the present mm-hmm. what a gift so for me right it it can mean I'm distracted all the time so sometimes I need to insert my earbuds in so that I can concentrate on something because otherwise I will be hearing the conversation in the conference room through the door and I will notice when the lights are going on and off next door and I will notice you know the notice flickering. the fluorescence flickering or the buzzing that's coming from the light switch in the other room because there's this hyper awareness. So for some people that's fine they can roll with it, right? Some things I can roll with, that's fine. It's a phrase I use often, but most times the environment itself, so the physical space is dictating my mood right and if I have the ability especially in my apartment to have some sort of agency over what that looks like it's an agency I'm going to exercise to say absolutely I want this aesthetic to be pleasing because and I want these cool tones and with a few pops of warm tones because it sets the the mood for me 
So. And I think so much mm-hmm. about my physical space comes from, A, sharing it with yeah. someone, and I, I need to be cognizant and try to be respectful of that. And our our views of what should be on the wall are very different. Mm-hmm. But also, um, it honors my connectedness of having the things around me that I love. So um, my piano, is that's my childhood piano. That is the most precious. If there was a fire, I would do everything I could to get that piano mm-hmm. out um, because it was my childhood piano. And then I love that the music has all the writing of my piano teachers on it. And now I have kind of a full connectedness um, circle. One of my favorite littles in the world, his name is Paxton. <laughs> a framed picture of Paxton now sits on my piano at the piano in which his great-grandma oh, really taught, yes, <laughs> taught me how to love music. And so I, I think about that. For me, my physical space is about gratitude and connectedness to settling mm-hmm. me and centering me in what matters to me most. Hmm. And so I've got a pile of notebooks on my ottoman yeah, because I'm, I'm writing all the time. It honors my input, but it also honors what I need in physical space to feel like I'm in a safe container. Yeah, that's good. Awesome. Hmm. Well, we diverted yeah. uh, significantly no, from I love that. <laughs> all of the things that I thought that we were going to talk about, but I thought we did really well with that. Yeah. And hopefully this is a more aesthetically pleasing sound. Hopefully. Oh, um, I hope so. I do too. I think it will be. And I want to thank those that are dedicated listeners who have been patient. Yes. Um, Yes. Oh, my goodness. And tuning in. But I really want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. What do you think about physical space? What do you think about, um, is it a generational thing that I cart around a lot of stuff? Do you know what a mimeograph is? Okay, so most of those references that you give me from, you know, your generation, your upbringing, I recognize the word but might not know anything about it, right? Okay, Bob Seger was a total, you know, you know total not a thing you know no idea who that guy was but now I do you know nine moves woohoo um night I know oh I thought you said nine night moves no <laughs> night moves. it's like oh, he's dear. on one of my he pops up on one of my playlists all the time Good. on Spotify but um now that he's on Spotify but I'd never heard of the term mimeograph before he sat down here today and you said that so most of them I'm like okay yeah I know what like a a track is and you know these like references do you really do you no really? I don't really know what it is but um Have you ever seen oh, one? but I've I recognize the name I recognize the term right like I've heard it dropped in conversation I've never so I like looked at you and I was like I don't even know how to react to this because did you just say a word in English like is <laughs> what is that also and then full circle you use the term shut in which I haven't heard since I was like eight years old <laughs> just my context old soul so Okay, so yes, we'd love to hear you as you are thinking about your physical space, the space in which you occupy, your office, your home, your car, um, as you travel, the things or items that you bring with you. Do you believe, what, what about your generation informs your space? What about your strengths informs your space? What about your personal experience dictates your space? or bleeds into your space so it's kind of a fun it's a fun conversation the adaptability aesthetic lover in me is so excited to hear what what people think as they have an awareness of their space i love it Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in to this episode number 35 of Jen and Millie. Um, We're new to the podcasting world and hopefully we are getting better at it as time goes on. Um, But please give us a rate and review, share, um, share this with people. Uh, 
and yeah let us know how things are going we'd love to hear um hear what you think about this kind of question we've posed for this episode um to interact with us and to share kind of your responses and your thoughts based on this question of physical space um give us a follow on instagram at jen and millie that's at g-e-n-n-a-n-d-m-i-l-l-i-e or feel free to reach out to us at teammates um And we just love having these conversations and we're so thankful that you joined us this week. Until next time.